Hey, everybody, Wendy Sellers here, the HR lady. I am here today with my new friend, Dan Purvis. Am I pronouncing that right, Dan? Absolutely, Wendy. Thanks for having me. Hey, uh, we were just chatting a little bit before the recording here. I'm in uh, normally sunny Florida and it's foggy and you are in probably normally sunny and warm Texas and it looks like you're freezing right now. It is sunny and 28 degrees. I, I didn't know that <laughs> happened down here. <laughs> I know it is. Uh, it is crazy. We're not going to get much into the weather here today, except for to just, you know, let our view, our listeners know that we're thinking about you and stay safe. And by, you know, please just shut the office and send everybody home and work from home so that people like us that are not used to being in the cold or driving in the cold or defrosting anything don't get caught up in something and get injured. Uh, with that said, what I want to chat to you, chat with you about is just your business, um, you know, how did your business tell our listeners about your business and how unique it is in that it kind of developed because of the pandemic? Yeah. So I, Tim and I started the business 12 years ago. We had been together at a consulting firm for about 14 years before that. And our dream all along was if we were going to start a new company, it would be a company around a set of ideals. When people say, tell me about Valentium, we always start with why Valentium how Valentium, who Valentium, and where Valentium is heading before we talk about what Valentium. And yet, when you talk to many business owners, they want to start with, here's what we do. And what you do in your business is more imitable than who you are. And so, to the extent that you can brand and set up your business around a set of who you are ideals, uh, we believed at least, and has proved out over the last 12 years now, that that it makes the business less imitable. And so uh, just to give you a quick overview of what we decided to start, uh, we fought for a long, long time around like the why Valentium. And we just kept coming back to, we want to help people. We want to make life better. And so we finally just I said, let's just surrender to that. So at Valentium, we exist to change lives for a better world. We exist to change lives for a better world. That starts with our staff and their families. I like to tell each and every one of the people on our staff that, look, I've got four kids. They're now 18, 17, 15, and 13. Their mom's my favorite person. And that's the kind of people you work for is that we love family here at Valenti and we love your family as well. Uh, that moves out then to our suppliers and clients. Uh, we, had, we had a client who lost his wife to diabetes and Tim and I were talking about how do we love him well in the midst of this? And we said, I think one of us should go to the funeral. And so we went out to Southern California from Houston, Texas, and we we're the only vendor at his funeral, at his wife's funeral, not because we were trying to sell him something, just because we care about him and we care about our people. And so, and then finally, uh, the patients that we serve. So we exist all the way to the what to change lives for a better world, one medical device at a time. So our firm designs, develops, and manufactures class three and some class two and class one medical implantable devices. A class three implantable device is life-sustaining where if something goes wrong, it kind of messes you up. And so a high risk devices that have to be done right the first time, that's that's what we do. So it gives I you a feel of, of the why and the what. And we'll get into other aspects maybe along the yeah, show. Yeah, no, I absolutely love it. I was actually looking at your website and on your values, which are honorable, 
results and humble charisma. And they're very much uh, similar to mine. Well, I'm a one person company and, you know, mine are realistic, honest and reliable. I'm, I'm going to tell you the truth, even if it hurts me in my bottom line, because I'm honest and I'm reliable, even when I should have kicked a client to a curb because they've abused me or whatever it might be. I still say, you know, I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do it. And then maybe I'm going to make a change in that relationship. But I love it already. Yeah, I feel like the synergy, it, you know, it's, it's really well said. I mean, when you say honorable, we, we say honorable, we do right for right's sake. And we've had a lot of growing up over the 12 years, especially in the area of HR, that honorable also demands that you're honorable to yourself. Yeah. Right. As a company. And so it's easy in a conflict avoidant world to always be essentially backing down from conflict situations because I just want to avoid the conflict. There yeah. are times that conflict is necessary. It's like yep. whether it be with an internal staff person that's doing something that just ain't right or whether it be something in the marketplace. Honorable means we're going to do the right thing because it's the right thing. And sometimes that means that you have to say the word no to protect yourself, right? And so um, whether it's honorable, we do right for right's sake, or results plus plus, we do the job and then some, or humble charisma. We want to be the kind of people you want to be around. Our, our staff work day in and day out, sometimes for months or even years on end with our clients as we're doing design projects. When you're designing a class three neurostimulator, it takes months to years. So if you're going to rub shoulders with your, your client for months on end, it's really nice if you like each other, right? So yeah, it definitely um, makes it a lot charisma. easier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we sat with several leaders at the the first few weeks of the company, and I had a whiteboard and I had a marker, and I said, "Tell me all the people in your life that are the rock stars in your life." Just start listing names. It could be friends, family members, colleagues, neighbors, historical figures, fictional characters, sports figures, whatever it is. Give me the names. And we wrote all those names down. And then I changed the marker color and I said, okay, who put this name? Why is that name on here? And so then we had a whole list of traits that were the reasons that those names were there. We erased all the names and then we played kill, keep and combine for weeks. And uh, something that I say a lot of times, Wendy, around the company is simple isn't easy, yep. but simple is worth it. Simple isn't easy, but simple is worth it. If you will work really, really hard. What was it? Mark Twain said, I wrote you a long letter because I didn't have the time to write you a short one. Yeah. Right? And so, <laughs> um, so we got it down to like 12 values where we had killed, keep and combine. I said, well, that's still not simple enough. We kept working until we finally got it down to three. And I yeah. told you what they were, but it was, it was humble charisma that combined the most of them. It was like eight or nine of the values all into humble charisma that if you come to our company, you're coming to serve. And before you get all upset about the way, no, I'm not a servant. I'm like, me too. I'm the founder and the CEO. I right. came to serve as well. If you walk by the dishwasher in our break room and it finishes its cycle, it just became your job to empty it, whether it's me as the founder or the youngest intern of the company, right? So, right. and everywhere in between. I love it. I absolutely love it. I actually teach a lot of my clients how to create values. And it's exactly how you said it. It doesn't happen overnight. Yeah, you can pull something from online and, you know, borrow somebody else's, but it really should exemplify who 
the company is, who the employees are and what what you want to look like and feel like and act like moving forward. And then guess what? Recruiting gets easier, not really easier, but it definitely gets more focused. And so does giving feedback to good employees or employees who aren't maybe, you know, missing the mark a little bit on your values, but it's like, there they are over here. This is what we, what we uh, focus on. I even put my, um, all my clients, um, company values in job descriptions, because then if it's in the True. job description, we tend to ask about it in interviews and create questions. And then, you know, just get everybody involved where you can say, hmm, this person isn't acting the way we be- we want them to. Why? Let's look at the behavior over here. And whose fault is it? Don't point the finger to the employee because it could be the manager or in your case, the owner um, who didn't understand their values themselves. It sounds like you're on top of it. So Thank you so much for for doing that for your people and for everybody that you touch lives with. Talk to me a little bit about I was on your on your website doing a little uh, a stalking over there and I see something called 28 days to save the world. What the heck is this? Yeah, so we had the opportunity through COVID uh, through one of our clients. So uh, we we've done work for a long time for a company called Ventec Life Systems. Uh, they're a small company up in the Seattle, Washington area and they make ventilators and their CEO made a comment in a national magazine that if he had more resources, he could build more ventilators. This is back when at the early stages of COVID, when we thought ventilators were going to be everything, right? It turns out vaccines were everything, but nobody knew that at the time. And we reached out to him as one of our clients and we said, Hey, we're in, we're ready to help you. And he said, I'm too busy to talk to you right now. I said, well, how are you handling all this? He said, well, every morning at 8 a.m., we have a war room meeting where we plan the next day. I said, if we're in that meeting tomorrow in person, is that fine with you? And he said, sure. And so that afternoon, I looked at my co-founder, Tim. I said, one of the two of us is going to get on a plane in the beginnings of the pandemic and fly, which is terrifying Mm, right back then. (laughs) That ended up being me. And I flew to Seattle and I was there at 8 a.m. the next morning. And two days later, General Motors showed up. And I said, wait, General Motors like the car company? They're like, yeah, it's like, why? And they're like, we're not really sure. And man, those guys were nuts. They showed up and they said, in partnership with the federal government, General Motors is going to build 30,000 ventilators. And we know nothing about ventilators, but we know a heck of a lot about building lots of things quickly. So let's roll up our sleeves and get it done. And within the next four months, we had built 30,000 ventilators. It was it was a crazy, crazy experience. That's amazing. Congratulations. And thank you for being crazy enough to jump on a plane in the beginning of the pandemic and and get this done. So definitely we'll make sure our our listeners have um, I'll put the website on there where they can get the book 28 days to save the world, crafting your culture to be ready for anything. It truly is. Uh, so important to set the tone from the top and make sure that you keep revisiting it. I've noticed that when companies get bigger and bigger, they tend to not intentionally, but unconsciously lose the value and the values that they developed, you know, the owners and the people up the org chart get further and further away from, hey, how are we supposed to interact with employees? We already know how we're supposed to interact with clients. So folks, please make sure you're doing what, what Dan does and make sure that everybody knows these are our values and everyone, including the owner, has to comply. If you could give one piece of advice to our listeners who are mainly um, HR folks or managers who are handling the HR uh, department because they don't have HR, they might be too small. What would the piece of advice be for 2024 regarding culture? Yeah, no, I love that. So culture is best 
implemented as opposed to stated. And so the best way to implement and defend your culture is one person at a time. And so we're, we're big adherers to the book Traction by Gino Wickman, yes. uh, which is a whole process for running a small business. And he talks about RPRS or right person, right seat. And is as an HR professional, and, and I am not an HR professional, but I did own the HR seat for a very long time at the company. And so I'm maybe a, a amateur HR professional. Thinking about it in terms of right person, right seat is really helpful because if you have a people issue in the company and it's a right person issue, and in our company, that means you don't align with our passion of changing lives for a better world or our three values of honorable results plus plus and humble charisma, if you're a wrong person, then we need to invite you to pursue excellence elsewhere. <laughs> it's yeah, that I people love don't that. change. <laughs> yeah, you don't tend to change who you are. Mm. And and that's also true in our interviewing. It's like we need to discern in interviewing, are you a right person for Valentium, for your company? Because just because you're a wrong person for your company doesn't mean you're not a perfect person for another company. And trying to mold a wrong person into a right person, not so much. But right seat, right seat's a whole different deal. So for right seat in our company, that comes down to our name. So our name, Valentium, is three words. It's V-E-L is from velocity. E-N-T is the middle syllable of momentum. And mm. I-U-M is the last syllable of ingenium, which is the Latin word for talent. So velocity, momentum, and ingenium or talent. At, at our company, we do a lot of high technology. And so at our company, you have to be really, really smart on your technical tools, but you can't just be smart. You have to be fast. But you can't just be smart and fast. You have to actually enjoy speed. We love speed. So um, the idea of a right seat at Valentium is something that you are capable and get the job, but you also really want that job. And with wrong seat situations at our company, as you think about HR challenges in 2024, is the person across your desk that's the, the challenge, are they a wrong person? They got to go. Are they just in the wrong seat? We're extremely patient there. What, what jobs around the company might we pivot this person into? And, and then suddenly they shine in a way that they couldn't shine before. We've seen that happen again and again. You just keep moving a right person around until you find the right spot in the right seat. And then that's really, really great. They start to shine. I love it. I love it so much. I love everything about what you're saying. And I am going to order the, the book right away. And in fact, thank you for reminding me about the book Traction because I'm looking over at my my bookshelf over there and I think I bought, I lent it out and never got it back. So I'm just going to go ahead and order another one because it is an amazing book. Well, thank you so much for spending your time with us today. We really appreciate it. And I hope it gets warmer over in Texas. Take care, everyone. Oh.